Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. Did you know that Jesus has over 23 different titles? If that surprises you, well, you probably better listen to this podcast episode. If that scares you, then you really need to listen to this podcast episode, which is number 115. And yes, we're going to talk about the different titles of Jesus in this episode. And my hope in doing so is that you will get more and more acquainted with Jesus, who he is, want to serve him more, and make him Lord of your life. So I'm looking forward to this episode, and I have for quite a while. (laughs) And I hope that when it's done, you are very appreciative that you listen to it and that you get a lot out of it. Oh, and please understand this first. No other religion has as their leader as many titles as Jesus. Also, he is the only one who died, came back to life, and is alive today. Nor has as many documented accounts of his resurrection and being alive as Jesus. And these titles that I'm going to be talking about are befitting of only one. And that only one is Jesus. So let's start with Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Those are the first and the last Greek letters in the alphabet. And that was a saying at the time signifying the beginning and the end. And it actually means a little bit more than beginning and the end. It means prior to the beginning and will go past the end, which is an interesting concept and a concept we probably can't comprehend in our minds. (laughs) But there he is. Jesus in Revelation 21.6 is called the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And in that passage is an emphasis on the the, okay? He is the, as in the only, beginning and the end. In fact, the first chapter of the book of John talks about this, Jesus being the beginning, where Jesus is called, and this is another title of Jesus, the Word, the Word, where John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. There's a reference to the Trinity right there, that God is singular, but can exist in three persons. John goes on to say, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or overcome it. So who is the Word? Who is this He he is referring to? Verse 14, he comes right out and tells us, because he knows we'll be asking. (laughs) In fact, this first chapter of John is one of the most eloquent and wonderful writings ever. I just love the wording and the word pictures he uses 
written in a way so statesmen are enamored by it and everyone else is enthralled by it. So verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. Was there at the beginning. And the entire Word of God, the entire Bible, is Jesus. There's an incredible concept. One that I love. And in that first 14, you have Jesus is the incarnate God. That means God that came to earth and dwelt among us. The word is tabernacled among us, lived among us. And there was a whole bunch of witnesses, and we all kind of knew him. If we were alive at the time and around him, we would have either known him or known about him. It also says that Jesus is the glory of God. And it says Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is grace and Jesus is truth. There's a bam statement, isn't it? Bam! <laughs> Jesus is truth. How cool is that? There is a truth that you can know. And it is Jesus. And what he said in the Bible, because he is the word of God also. The word of God is truth. Another title of Jesus from 1 Corinthians 15.45 is the last Adam, where Paul is both contrasting and comparing Jesus with Adam. Because Adam was created with a natural body. He wasn't perfect, but good in every way. Genesis 3.1 says that. The term last Adam is referring to Jesus. And he is saying that through the first Adam, we received our natural bodies. But through the last Adam, Jesus we will receive our spiritual bodies in resurrection. So after we die, Adam's body was the prototype of the natural. Christ's body of the resurrection. We will bear the image of his body fit for heaven. And I know of at least three passages that say that. Acts 1.11, Philippians 3.20-21, and 1 John 3, 1-3. Those may be kind of heavy. So how about a couple light ones? <laughs> Jesus is called the bread of life. That comes from John 6, 35, where he is the one essential food. Food is what we need to gain nourishment and strength and helps us to have stamina. And Jesus kind of is all of that. He is essential to our living here just as food is essential. Okay, in John 4, 4 through 26, that's when Jesus met the woman at the well, Jesus is called the living water. The living water. From which you will never thirst again. We all know that water sustains life. And when we die, we will continue to live. We would just be moved to a different place. Kind of like leaving one house and going to the next. We'll leave this abode, <laughs> this place here on earth, and go to the next house in heaven. 
So our life is sustained just like water does. Jesus does that. He sustains the life, our life. Here's the next one from Ephesians 2.20. Jesus is called the chief cornerstone. A sure foundation for life is Jesus, isn't he? Now, what, what is a cornerstone? Back in the day, they used to carve a stone, a rather large stone probably, that was a perfect 90 degrees, or if the house was, wasn't going to be square, they would carve it with whatever degrees, and they would level it on the top and place that as the corner of the foundation, and then the whole house would be built off of that. It would get its bearing, it would get its degrees, it would get its levelness off of that. So you'd have a place to reference the rest of your construction from. And Jesus is called that chief cornerstone. All of your life, your career, some of your accomplishments should come off of the reference of Jesus. Okay, how about another heavy one? <laughs> Colossians 1.18 calls Jesus the firstborn of the dead. How about that for a title? Only befitting of Jesus. Because the firstborn is usually the leader. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean the first one born in chronological order. It means the firstborn that is the leader or the heir. You know, H-E-I-R, heir. The heir of the family. Back in those days when you had a family farm, it would be passed down to the heir. The heir may or may not have been the oldest child, but it would be the person who demonstrated the most aptitude towards keeping the farm going or accomplishing the tasks of the farm adequately or carrying on what the main father that started the farm started. The most competent of the children is called the firstborn. So Jesus is the firstborn of the dead. What does that mean? It means he will lead us, he's the leader, the most competent, to lead us through death and into resurrection, into life everlasting, eternal life. Because he already did it. He knows how to, how to navigate through that. He has preeminence, both in life and in death, and also in the life after death. Wow. Serve and worship him, right? <laughs> okay, how about a... Let's do three easier ones in a row, okay? Jesus is called the Good Shepherd in John ten eleven. The shepherd was the provider of the sheep, and the caretaker of the sheep. He would lead them to the fields that have the best food. He'd lead them to water. And he would keep the wolves away. Sometimes would build a fence around them to keep them safe. That's what Jesus does for us. Jesus is actually in 1 Peter 5.4 called the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd. He is the protector and sustainer, and the guide. So there may be other shepherds in, in, in the farm, but 
there was always a chief shepherd if there was. And Jesus is actually called the chief shepherd also. Hebrews 13.20 calls Jesus a great shepherd of the sheep, a trustworthy guide and protector. Jesus is called in Hebrews 3.1 and a few other places, high priest, prophet, and king. High priest, prophet, and king. See, in old biblical times, there was no one that could do all three. Occasionally, you would have someone that would be both of those, either the high priest and a prophet. That could be one person, but they were never a king. Or you could have a king, but they weren't a priest or a prophet. So anyway, Jesus is all three of those. High priest is the religious leader. A prophet is someone who proclaims the word of God, which is pretty easy for Jesus since he is the word of God. (laughs) And Jesus is also the king. And when he comes back to rule from Jerusalem, which that is coming, he will be king to all the world. And every knee will bow to him as king. And boy, am I so looking forward to that. I'm getting so tired of our worldly leaders. I want a real leader, a real king. It's Jesus. It's coming. It is coming. Take joy in that. (laughs) Jesus is called the Holy One of God. He was sinless in his nature, according to Mark 1.24. Holy means separate one, or different than everyone else. One of God, because there's only one God. Jesus is God in man form, because God needed to come dwell among us and deal with things that we deal with, so that we can relate to him. Isn't that a great idea? That God would stoop And become one of us so that we can get to know real God and his character. And yet while he was here doing that, he remained sinless. And they executed him for that. But that was part of the plan, I think. And he is the only one to do that and come back to life, proving that he was the Holy One of God unique, and different than anyone else. Next, and as Christmas time is coming, we recognize this one. He is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, Jesus stands with us in all of life circumstances. And we get that from Matthew one twenty-three. So there's another title of Jesus reminding us that God came and dwelt among us, became one of us who experienced life circumstances and temptations. In fact, the Bible even says that he was tempted in every way as we are. Yet he remained perfect. And that gives us hope and strength when we have to go through some difficult times and temptations because we know that Jesus did and made it through. And we can look to him for guidance and support and help. That's probably why when he left, he said, I will be with you always. And he means with us through his Holy Spirit, and he means with us through his word, the Bible. So we need to be paying attention to the Holy Spirit in us, that still small voice, our conscience, if you want to call him that, and read our Bible often. 
because we gain help and strength and support and courage and our character from that. King of kings and Lord of lords is Jesus. You can point to many kings over the years, many lords over the years, but there's one that's preeminent and higher than them all, and that's Jesus. The Almighty, before whom every knee shall bow. Revelation 19.16 tells about that. How about we jump back a little bit in that spectrum? Jesus is called the Lamb of God. You see, back in Old Testament times, God came up with a way of covering over sin. You know, sin had to have a consequence. It had to be dealt with. There had to be a penalty assessed. And at the time, it was to kill a lamb, a perfect lamb, a lamb without blemish, something that was very valuable to cover over the sin. Well, Jesus became that lamb once and for all. Maybe so we didn't have to keep killing lambs. <laughs> but certainly because that was the only way that all of our sins of everybody who believes in him that he did that on the cross for them on their behalf can be taken care of. That penalty can be paid. Jesus paid that penalty by being the lamb, the sacrificial perfect lamb of God that satisfied God's required judgment. Look at John one twenty nine if you want to read about that. And I'd like to say, being called the Lamb of God is another BAM statement, another title with such meaning it should drop you to your knees in awe and appreciation and worship of Him. In fact, I think I'm just going to call a timeout right here because we do need to worship Him and thank Him for all of those and what He's done for us and that we can know Him and that we can thank Him and praise Him and serve Him. So for the next week, let's concentrate on what I've mentioned so far and I'll bring another nine or so, whatever's left, next week. If I get too many, it may water them down and I do not want to do that. So let's concentrate on these. Go back and listen to it again here the next several days. Really understand who Jesus is and why we serve him and why he is so important to me and to my eternity, like he should be to you too. Because, as Paul said, without him, I am like filthy rags. But with him, I am a victorious precious follower of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.